0: Everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Pioneer Perspective. As always, my name is Brad, and I'm joined by Alex. Alex, say hi. Hello. Not saying hi. <laughs> and This week, we are going to be looking at some challenges and things like that, because we actually had them fire, uh, which is pretty cool. We had the Saturday challenge fire. The week before, we actually had the uh, the showcase, which we talked about a little bit, because John Citadel took it down. And then we also had Sunday. The Pioneer Challenge did fire, but Modo said no, it went down uh, for maintenance or some shit that was like uh
1: quote unquote maintenance,
0: <laughs> yeah, and even the Moto team was like, "Hey, we don't we don't know what's going on either. We're sorry, but the message that comes up for everybody when they're trying to log in was like, yeah, it's a uh, it's maintenance guys, we're just trying to fix it. uh crew three had a good joke saying that um, sir, the pioneer challenge is fired again. What do we do? Oh, we're not letting that happen again. Shut down the servers." <laughs> Because, you know, Wizards wants to kill this format, apparently. But we do have a challenge to look at. Uh, other than that, not a whole lot else has happened. Modern Horizons 2 uh, spoilers are in full swing. So that is literally just suffocating everything that's going on in Magic right now. And it's so weird that, like, we're going to get the D&D spoilers in, like, what, a few weeks? Yeah, probably, like, so two or three weeks or something? Oh, my God.
1: I'm getting getting fatigued a bit because it's a uh, it's a lot. Yeah, it's the uh, it's a standard thing, isn't it, where we just have so much stuff thrown at our faces that we kind of get like content fatigue. Magic's really good at that.
0: Yeah, too bad nothing in Modern Horizons is a uh, legal in Pioneer because there are some cool cards in
1: there, and there are actually some cards in there that would be pretty cool in the format. But we we will be touching on Pioneer uh, Modern Horizons too afterwards just kind of also to fill the time. Right, we've got one challenge to cover. Not much else happening. Uh Modern Horizon is very hot. And, you know, for good reason. There's there's a lot of exciting stuff going on in there, some stuff. Some people are calling it like the best set of all time. Um we'll touch more on that later on what we think about that.
0: But first things first, we do have the challenge to go over and the winner of the challenge was Bant Spirits. That's a friendly face, Alex. Are you happy to see that back?
1: Um, I mean, happy in the sense that it's nice to see it win again. Unhappy in the sense of, like, god, that matchup's so hard. <laughs> like, it's the matchup. I just have to pray that they don't start on Mausoleum Wanderer and if they do, it's just like, okay, this is, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never mind.
0: <laughs> I'm a big fan of this deck. Uh, it's Looks pretty straightforward in the seventy-five. Some several spirits, some shackle guys, rattle chain, spectral sailor, all that good stuff.
1: Everyone, back your five mana sweeper, so they can't queller it.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, this deck does fold to um, shadows' verdict pretty hard.
1: Yeah, shadows' verdict. I played uh, out of devastation before, which does the same thing. Which basically means, obviously, they have other counter magic. Uh, but funny enough what they bring in could be something like Aethergust doesn't work either you can't dispute it if the sweeper's not blue so it's actually kind of soft to those generally weaker sweepers compared to Supreme Verdict but it acts really well set up just naturally to do with Supreme Verdict and not that well with other sweepers which is kind of funny
0: and then second place was uh, Lotus Turns uh, a little bit of a more clunky looking build um, only two Emergent Ultimatums and then a lot of your one-ofs that you try to get with the ultimatum, uh, discontinuity, dig through time, peer into the abyss, omniscience. It it, it
1: does, it does run the, uh, hidden strings, which I do like. I was a bit weirded out by the versions that don't, because it allows you to make these enormous mana jumps.
0: Yeah. And this also still runs the fave wishes, uh, package. Uh, so it has a wish board. So this one's like taking both decks and combining them basically. Um, I'm not a very big Lotus player. I own the deck just because it's very cheap. Like, it is a very, very cheap deck. The traditional build, not the uh, ultimatum build. Uh, But, I mean, you know, I I still like the deck a lot. I'm just not good at uh, playing it because I don't play it enough. (laughs) (laughs) But we get into more spicy territory when we look at uh, third place, which this is not the only one in this uh, challenge. There's... Three total of these types of decks, and
1: Alex, it's solty. But what kind of solty is it? Yeah, it's a it's Soltai bring to light with effectively the only real cheating it does is Valky. So calling it solty is slightly cheating because there is like um, some of them because there's a couple of versions feature a mountain you can fetch up with your fabled passages, some Catria Triumph, some Rootbound Crag, some Dragon Skull Summit. So they are kind of four color deck. They can get to that red mana either for their bring to light or their Valky, which we also see an interesting change in like the sweeper setup. So no shadows verdict here, just Extinction Event and Languish, because they're actually the ones you can get to with your Bring to Light. But the main thing here being that you can do Valkyrie shenanigans and kind of a funny uh juke you can pull on your opponent when you reveal Lurus as your companion and it turns out you're actually a control deck.
0: Yeah. Laris control, baby. I, uh... Oh, did you see the
1: uh, the one of Essence Extraction yeah. in the main? Essence accent Extraction is a fun card. That's cute. It's a little... Yeah, fun card. It, it, it always surprises me a little bit, because I know there's obviously some three toughness threats out there, but I'm generally a bigger fan of Moment of Craving, just because it's cheaper. It gains you one less life, it does one less damage, but the damage is actually minus two, minus two, which is generally better than doing damage. And it's cheaper. And it's a little easier to cast, which, you know, you're playing a four-color deck, and you're playing sinister, effectively a four-color deck, and you're playing Essence Extraction, which is one black black, and then Sinister Sabotage, which is one blue blue. So that does make your mana curve a little complicated, but probably manageable, but it is something to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, this deck is just super cool. Um, we've seen it before. Um, we've also seen, like, the traditional, like... uh like these lures Valky decks, where it goes all in on just flipping Valky, where it's not running Bring Delight. Like we've seen the Demir ones, where it's uh, uh, what's the Re- release of the wind? Yeah, runs that. So you just turbo that out. So a turn three Valky uh, or a, a Tibolt was pretty cool. Um, so this one's a bit more controlling, uh, where the other one's a bit more tempo. I would imagine. Um, still cool to see. I I don't know. Like I said, we've seen this deck come up and fall off back and forth a little bit. Like, it'll have places in the challenge. Uh, Then we won't see it for a week or two. And then we'll see it again. Is this deck actually, like, a deck? Like, is it just, like, is it a meme? Like, how do you view this deck moving forward, like, in the
1: meta? I feel like it's a very real deck. It's just, um, it's to a certain extent just another flavor of Demir Control. Right, we've seen a lot of variations on Demir Control. We've seen Demir control as we've seen it for a long time. We see in this challenge too a lot of Demir control decks default to like Narset, Days undoing, and then their main wing condition is thing in the ice, which is also very different, which is something we've seen before. But coming back, we've obviously got the T Hulk one, then we've got the T Hulk one with Opus, and now we've got this Soul Tie variety with um bring to light. So I feel like it's just a flavor of Demir Control. And Demir Control at its core is pretty good. So I think this is a very respectable deck and nothing to scoff at.
0: That's fair. Would you rather play this version or would you rather play the more loaded to the ground uh for Valky for release to the winds type of like we're trying to get turn three Valkyrie
1: I don't like that deck because you need to draw both Valky and release to the winds. And especially release to the winds is awful without like, it has very little utility outside of Valky. And you don't want to run too many Valkies. And this deck, with using Bring to Light, actually gets more value out of that Bring to Light, as opposed to Release to the Winds, which is dead if you don't have Valky. And here, you can even draw your two Valkys, if you're unlucky, and still have a benefit out of Bring to Light being in your deck. So I do really like that about this build.
0: And then we see fourth place was burn. We know that deck. Um, this one, the only difference is it runs. Uh, what's the card? Uh, Skullcrack in the main. Main main next
1: Skullcrack. That that's gonna lighten some people up.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, it's a good card. Um, sideboard is pretty
1: much the same as usual. Uh, well, episode. Um, I mean. W- we see Skullcrack crack and wear and tear. Yeah, noticeably absent, well, at least in the large numbers we've seen before, is, um, roiling vortex being only a one-off. Now there's two scroll crack in the main, yeah. But Burn's sideboard was pretty standard for a long time, and it basically boiled down to something along the lines of, uh, four chain to the rock, four roiling vortex, uh, two or three soul guide lantern, and then just whatever other filler, you put in. Um, sometimes wear tear, sometimes other things um so in that way i'm a little bit taken aback by how different this is oh searing blood that's the other one you'd run so it would often be just four chain four searing blood uh four roiling vortex two or three uh Solgat lantern and then something else and this is taking some liberties like moving away from the roiling vortex just into four skull crack and it just kind of depends on how people what type of life gain you're facing Right, if you're facing consistent life gain, maybe in small numbers, then running Vortex is obviously way better. Uh, if your opponent is just, like, not really gaining any life until they, like, dump nine mana into an Erebosis intervention, and then you get to skull crack them, that's obviously makes a huge difference.
0: It's going to be a mainstay in the format for a very long time. Um, it's just a tried and true type of deck. Um, though... I remember seeing last week or a recent event where the sideboard had two. Um, uh, what's the new one from Strixhaven? The Boros one, Rip Apart. That's just a better braid. Yeah, we saw two Rip Apart in those lists, and I'm I'm very much interested in seeing more of that. I think that's a really cool card.
1: I I, I think an application for Skullcrack. If we move on to the next list, it's an interesting one. Is Citadel? So we've seen Junt lists uh, move back a little bit in the direction of. Um, the citadel lists rather than the um, food list, which you've talked about in the past. You actually like the citadel list more. This is an example where I can imagine Skullcrack being a very nice card because your opponent puts the citadel on the stack. You just Skullcrack them, And now they can't really go off this turn because part of their like going off is actually based off life gain through something like Zullaport Cutthroat, which allows them to like keep churning through their deck. And this just stops that. So there's a very low chance that if you're already applying pressure to them, And especially in the main deck, you're already applying pressure to your opponent and they just Skullcrack him at a critical moment and the game just ends at that point, really.
0: Yeah, because there have been plenty of times where I'm playing this deck and uh, I'll be at three, four life and I'm trying to get Citadel to grab a uh, Zulaport Cutthroat. And you you can get down to one life with Cutthroat, get him on board, and we'll get him on board going to one life, and then if you have your Woast Rider on board, you start sacking things, start gaining your life back. It helps you just continue. Like, it's such a critical part of the uh, of the deck. And and the, the 75 that we see actually in this, well, maybe not the 75, but the main deck 60 is the same from the showcase that was never published last week. Uh, I It might actually be the same pilot. I'm not 100% sure.
1: Brad and all his insider knowledge.
0: Well, I mean, I just browse Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um and plus usually everything gets posted on like the other discords like the uh the pioneer discord or the pioneer subreddit things like that um we're talking to like acc um who's really big in like compiling the data and things like that but yeah i it might actually be the same pilot but it is the same main deck 60 the sideboard is a little bit different the sideboard i find a little weird um I, i i get it but i find it weird in terms of like you could be running other things um, Fatal Prostatsi is 4 and 3 makes sense. Uh, the one Bonecrusher Giant, I actually understand because I was contemplating doing that myself in my list as uh, just like an extra threat. Um, it I've won plenty of games in other decks. Actually, in the food version of the deck where I ran 2 Bonecrusher main, I've won plenty of games just getting that down turn 3 and just like, yeah, just beat you down. <laughs> and It helps. Uh, 2 Colothis um, makes sense. Where I get little confused is like uh, binding of the old gods this is a good card and we've seen it in the food version of the decks um i prefer well i mean the third chapter is cute with mayhem devil because it gives all your creatures death touch mayhem devil having death touch
1: takes a while to get there <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's yeah exactly um so that's where i'm like i would just rather have assassin's trophy in that slot like, it, you don't get the extra land turn two. It's four mana versus two mana, though. Like, I see the differences. And I guess in a Niv world, giving them a land can kind of feel pretty bad because it helps fixing their mana. But, like, I don't know. I just like the flexibility of Assassin's Trophy more. And also, you can play Assassin's Trophy and still possibly go off on your turn without dumping four mana into a single bit of removal. Um, and then we have Corvold. Corvold's great um I've kind of shifted away from corvold in the citadel version um I just find him to just not have as many synergies as you would in the actual food deck where he belongs but it's fine it's whatever um th- this deck is hard this is a hard deck to figure out yeah definitely as you can see from like the 75.
1: and um you know I'm just I'm just weaving through here so. We see obviously the the split between elvish mystic Llanowar elf three elvish mystic two Llanowar elf instead of like four one something you do because you're gonna play around legions end which we actually find in the sideboard of the sixth place list. So here we see mono black aggro uh, showing up again, you know, just like its creatures it never truly dies. And um, the main deck is very stock, right? We've what we've seen before. We see. Three faces haven, four muta vault, eighteen snow covered swamps makes up the mana base. Slightly more aggro than the Castle Loctwain versions, but this is something we've seen vampires do too, which honestly has the exact same mana base. So you can go either way, and I don't think I think both decks really like do the same thing in that regard. Where you can pick between a more aggressive mana a literally more aggressive mana base, because you can actually attack your opponent. Or go in the grindy way of Castle Loctwain um now you mentioned like in the niv world now there's not actually that much niv here but uh in the challenge i think there's two or three decks which are copies which is you know nor like a normal deck it's nothing above the curve but definitely in a niv style world or pe- world or people doing niv style things like trying to go in these grindy game modes your creatures are already grindy but you don't want to go into that grindy territory with castle lock because you're not beating these decks anyway so might as well go aggressive and just get him dead, because you're not winning the long game, which I think is you know, vital to uh, recognize when you're building certain decks, which I could touch on a little bit afterwards in my experience playing a little bit of Ors of Humans, because I actually collected the list, which is like popular. And we'll talk a little bit about that more. But the interesting part about this deck is some of the cards we find in the sideboard. So the sideboard is two Heartless Act, all right. Two Legion's End, which, you know, has always been a good card. Um, Four Self-Inflicted Wound. So this person really doesn't like Niv because Self-Inflicted Wound is a very good card against Niv-Mizzet. And Auras. Uh, Three, yes. Oh, and Auras. Good gold. Yes, it's good against Auras. Um, Three Aether Sphere Harvester, which is a very old-school sideboard card to deal with aggro decks. Um, very good in this deck though because uh, Bloodsoak Champion and Scrappy Scrounger both enter the battlefield untapped but they can block which makes them really weak on the defensive in uh, aggro matchups. Three Aether Sphere Harvester means that they can quote unquote can block because they can just crew the vehicle and then the vehicle blocks. So that's really sweet. And then we see four Leyline of the Void. I guess this person really doesn't like Phoenix. Nice. I know there's other... That and probably
0: Jun food.
1: Yeah. Turns off cat. Turns off cat, but... I mean, I, I haven't played mono black aggro, and especially not in the... I've played similar decks, but not mono black aggro specifically, and I haven't played against the food matchup. Maybe the cat oven part is just so obnoxious you actually have to just go all in trying to shut it down. Uh, hence the four ley line of the void. Obviously, Leyline is, like, a super powerful card. Um, So, yeah, if you feel like you need it, it is strong. Uh, A thing that I... Well, and it has the upside that you can always discard it to Rankle later. Just like how Rankle, as a Legendary, regularly just shows up as a 4 of, It's like, yeah, but what if you draw two? It's like, well, conveniently, Rankle can make you discard cards. So you just discard other copies of Rankle. And the same logic kind of applies to Leyline of the Void here. Yeah, and sometimes you don't even discard copies
0: of Rankle because, like, you uh, anticipate him getting removed in certain matchups and you're like, I like having the extra one. Because there have been plenty of g- games where I'm like, yes, yeah, I'm with Rankle, two turns later, they kill it, and I'm like, guess what? I have another one.
1: <laughs> just it's going. just,
0: I, I've... Rankle's a great card.
1: Yeah, I've said it before. I'm um, I'm playing Arena just for the sake of, like, gathering my gold, and I play Mono Black Aggro there in Historic, and just through when I played standard and opened Eldraine packs, I have a play set of Wrangle. And just every time I play the deck, I rediscover how good Wrangle is. Like this card is so good. Yeah. It's unbelievable how good that card is. Great card. So I need to get my other two. Oh, you've only got two? Oh, they're for your sideboard. Yeah, we have two. Yeah, you've messed me up with them before.
0: Yeah, for for, uh, <laughs> yeah, for
1: vampires. Um, so the list after is um burn again, no skull crack here. Uh, because this is as traditional as it gets. Uh, very typical burn, one shock, Zergo Bell, uh, Bell Striker, Helm Smasher is the big one. Three Lightning Strike, the rest is all like a bunch of clean four-offs. Uh, sideboard is just four Chain to the Rock, two Rest in Peace, four Roiling Vortex, four Searing Blood, Lurus as a Companion as your 15 sideboard card. That's it, right? Very clean. And just proving that this deck just still works. Just don't change a winning recipe. Burn's good. Eighth place is really cool, though.
0: It's Esper Control, which I am such a big fan of this deck. Well, it's, it's Esper Yorion. It's still Control. I know, it's
1: Esper Yorion, but with, like, the minimum number of Yorion. Like, it runs four Omen of the Sea, one Trial of Ambition, two Oath of Kaya, two Omen of the Sun, no Elspeth Conqueror's Death, only two copies of Narset, and then, actually, it does run a Yorion. Which surprised me. It runs a Yorion on top of its companion, Yorion, when it really, it doesn't go that all in on Yorion. So that surprised me a little bit. Do you like the one Baneslayer Angel, one Lyra Dawnbringer in the sideboard? In case you draw your second Baneslayer Angel, you now have a better Baneslayer Angel. I love Lyra. Such a cool card. Lyra's art is stunning. Like, yeah, Lyra has absolutely stunning artwork. It's incredible. All right, moving on if you unless there's yeah this deck's cool we've, we've seen this before uh, i'll actually give like a, a slight rundown because we haven't actually seen this deck in a while so it plays generally because it adds 20 cards with yorion it is basically esper control in like the exact it's literally just the 60 cards for esper control and then it adds 20 yorion cards to it that's basically the deck we're seeing one cling to Dust, four Fatal Push, four Opt, one Thought Seas, two Dovins Veto, one Yuari Disruption, four Vanishing First, four Absorb, two Thirst for Meaning, which actually synergizes quite well with your enchantments in matchups where they don't work. Uh, one hagromaling, three Verdict, three Dig Through Time. Win cons are the Ephraim Yorions, two Shark Typhoon, and four fairy Hero of Dominaria. Very, very typical list. Then in number nine, we've got... Um, Again, another Luris Bring to Light control list. Some different, uh, some differences here with the one we've seen before. So the ninth place list, uh, moving on, is another version of the Luris Bring to Light control deck that we've seen before, uh, earlier in the challenge. This deck's slightly different. Uh, first of all, it's got a main deck mystical dispute. Screw you. Um, it's got four Bring to Light as opposed to the three It's Silver Bullet-esque slot that was actually a Scavenging Ooze in a previous list is a Dragon Master Outcast in this one. Now, for people who don't know what Dragon Master Outcast does because they haven't played Standard four years ago, is it's one red mana for a 1-1, Human Shaman. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control six or more lands, create a 5-5 red dragon creature token with flying. So if this goes unanswered, it gives you a 5-5 every turn. This was played back in the day in Standard when everyone boarded out all their removal in control matchups. Or you just play this guy on turn one. It's so, like, yeah, what are you going to do? Dispel it? Oh, wait, you can't. And you just win the, win the game off of having a bunch of five fives. Really cool card. Um, I guess there are definitely... You can get to board states where bringing this out just... It's just very powerful. Um, aside from that, it is similar. Uh, it runs Soul Guide Lantern, which is cool. Two copies in the main, which is cool to recur with Luris, and they do quote unquote cycle, so that works quite well. And yeah, aside from that, it runs a very similar mana base. Um, sideboard runs some interesting cards, uh, namely Painful Truths, which is two in a black for a sorcery that says Converge, similar to Brainslide, and here you draw X cards and you lose X life, where X is the number of colors spent to cast this. So you can pay 3 mana to lose 3 and draw 3, which is actually pretty good value for a draw spell. Though I do find it a little bit odd, because it is a sorcery. So it plays a little bit awkward into your game plan with cards like Sinister Sabotage. Then... Going a little bit faster now with decks we've seen already. 10th uh, place is Banned Spirits. Not much to say here. 11th uh, place is an interesting one. This is the it blitz-ish deck uh now brad can you run us a little bit through what this deck does and how this deck looks
0: yeah so it's pretty you know it's actually very straightforward it's a lot of nice clean uh numbers creatures 20 creatures four, 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 and 4 of monasaur swiss fear soul scar mage dread horde arcanist sprite dragon and Stormwing en- wing Stormwing entity uh these are all great cards sprite sprite dragon's super cool um Yes, you can Fatal Push it, but you can't Heartless Act it, which is a pretty big deal uh, after a while. Um, Stormwing Entity, also really cool, costing uh, 2 and a blue less to cast if you cast an instant or sorcery uh, spell this turn. So you effectively make it a 2-mana, uh, 3-3, three, three Flying, Prowess. Scry 2 enters the battlefield. Very good. And then your spells, you have a bunch of easy, cheap, cantrippy, Type spells to help with your prowess creatures and Swiss Spear, Soulscar Mage, uh, Entity, and Pseudo Sprite Dragon, except it's prowess that six around. So it's even better. So you have your Crash Through 4 of, you have 2 Dive Down for Protection, 4 Opt, 2 Shock, 4 Wild Slash, you run the 2 Shock because you want extra of that ability, 4 Expressive Iteration, which uh, I've been very high on this card for a while. Uh, it's proven to be uh, pretty pretty good uh lightning strike two of those and you run 18 lands the reason you run lower and lands is of course you're a much lower curve plus expressive iteration helps you find your lands too so you don't have to really worry about it that much you're essentially topping out at three mana uh so you know and cyborg, easy peasy magma spray spell pierce a braid rolling vortex taking a uh you know, we little note out of the Burn uh, playbook. Mystical Dispute and Bedlam Reveler. Oh my god, I love having Bedlam Reveler in the side. That is so cool. I have no idea what you bring it in for, but uh, it's sweet. Probably a control,
1: but... I mean, yeah, I guess it's in a more value-based matchup, because noteworthy is that this deck doesn't actually run Treasure crews, so it doesn't actually utilize its graveyard aside from Dreadhorde Arcanist. Uh, which is very different from the phoenix decks. so they're like constantly eating their own graveyards to play treasure cruise this is effectively a fair phoenix list yeah um it doesn't run phoenix to try and cheese your opponent out it doesn't run the crackling drake one shot uh it's just a an is it tempo aggro e deck i like the
0: deck i'm happy to see it coming up more and more i think it deserves it um
1: It's just weird. It's a good deck. It's very reminiscent of Is It Blitz in modern, but it doesn't have any of the free stuff, which is what makes, obviously, the modern deck like one of the best decks in the format. And this is just even the fair version of that. This is just, it runs, it's high synergy, but it is a really fair deck, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I I, I like it a lot. Um, 12th list, we see Burn, which we have seen before. Some cyborg cards different. It runs a Justice Strike for big blockers, I guess. Works against like the Lyra Dawnbringer we saw earlier. Uh, runs a rip apart, rest of it's very stock. Um, then we see another version of this Lurus Control deck with to Light running none of the... Well, it runs a search for Skanta, but none of the cute recurrable Luris cards like Deadweight or Soulguide Lantern. Uh, banned Spirits, and what you'd expect. We see 15 plays Mere Control with Thing in the Eyes, Narset, Days Undoing, that deck we talked about earlier. Uh, interesting of note is that we definitely see a re- resur- uh, resurgence in Search for Ascanta showing up in these decks, which I think so far has shown up in like every other control style deck. Uh, at least it shows up in the Demir list uh, with the actually Demir control, sometimes runs one, uh, sometimes we see one in the Sultai list. So there is a little bit of resurgence of Search for Ascanta, which not too surprising because it is a really good card.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, being able to become your land later on, and a very powerful land at that. It's a Narset on a land, which it's funny, because Narset was originally Ascanta Sunken Ruin on a Planeswalker.
1: On a Planeswalker, and now people are like, Ascanta, oh yeah, that's Narset on a land. Yeah,
0: Narset's busted. Yes, it is. But, you know, I like the deck. I like Ascanta.
1: Then we see another band, Spirits. Then we see Bring to Delight. to uh, Light, I mean, sorry showing up 17th place our first noted uh niv so i guess the the deck's dead now it's no longer the top deck we don't have to worry about it but <laughs> with a very very stock list um then we see celestia company which is the historic deck that we've seen show up um also what you would expect it runs the spellbinders the archon of emirias uh collected companies now this one runs love struck beast i don't know if this showed up in all the other lists before i think it did
0: it does um it depends on the list some do some don't but it's it's a pretty common one
1: yeah it's a great blocker yeah and gives you a bit of that beat down with collected company where we spoke about in length last week yeah where you need speed to go with your collected company now you obviously need to find a one one to make questing uh, to make love struck beast work and actually make it that fast attacker but five power for three mana is a lot then we see Junt Food running the one Bolasus Citadel because it can't let like, go of the past. Um, then we see 20th place, we see Lotus Field, um, Emergent Ultimatum. It seems like Emergent Ultimatum is kind of the stock way to go now. We've seen some versions before, but it's basically all Ultimatum now. With the difference still being is how you actually win. Like this one that doesn't run a single turn spell with it.
0: Yeah, but being able to grab your stuff... And uh, somewhat make it more deterministic is a uh, is a big deal.
1: Then John Sacrifice going on on the food thing this time. 22, twenty second, Niftilite twenty third. Uh, then we see that same uh, Blitz deck that we just talked about, with the Sprite Dragon and the Storming Entity show up. Hors of Auras, which randomly showed up again, which is still a good deck. And then another blast from the past, uh, Brad. What do we find in twenty sixth? Ooh. It's Omnath, four color
0: Omnath by our wonderful. Well, it wasn't Claudio's list, but this is Claudio's list. He just didn't pilot it. It's by Chilled Dead. Chilled, Chilled Dead. Chill date it. Sure, um, but yeah, it's it's four color Omnath, which I've actually been trying to work on myself and see if I can bring it back. And uh, yeah, four Lotus Cobra, three Sylvan Carroted, two Corsair of crucifix four Omnath one Golos, one Kenrith, one Ugin, four Grow Spiral, one Cultivate, because I don't know why every Omnath list does this. It's like, we need to run one Cultivate. One. That's yeah, it. Exactly one. one. Uh, Escape to the Wilds is going to be a four of. Three Genesis Ultimatum, which is just an amazing card. Feldar Retreat is really cool. Um, I love this card. I usually brought it in from the side, but it makes sense that it's a main deck card now because, you know, you don't have Uro or... Uh, Three fairy anymore. And twenty eight lands, cyborg, a lot of cool teamer stuff. Just saying no. Uh then we have definite clarion Magma Spray, Removal, Tyros Tracker, physical Spute, Quilthis, Coma, Ugin. Stuff. I love this deck.
1: Um no. now, Yeah, sorry, I, what did I say?
0: I know people don't like this deck typically because it's the epitome of uh twenty twenty magic, you know where it's like, can you ramp uber aggressively, get down your really big threats, and just win? Or do you just have someone interact with your early stuff, make you play fairer, and you just can't win the fair game? It's a very straight-up, like, do everything or do nothing in that kind
1: of deck. I think part of the frustration with people is also, like, you play Genesis Ultimatum, sometimes you flip, like, a Kenrith and Ugin, uh, An Omnath and two lands. And sometimes you flip, like, four lands in a Grove Spiral. And there is no top deck manipulation in this format. At least that's playable, right? That's like, Riverwise Augur auger in... Yeah, it's a format, not 2-2. Um, so there's no good top deck manipulation, which makes Genesis Ultimatum very random. I like Genesis Ultimatum in... Because uh... you go five deep. You go five deep, but there's about ten hits. And the rest is all kind of like, nice, but not really what you're looking for. And that's a low number if you're spinning five cards to only have 10 hits.
0: That's why when I played uh, Aetherworks Marvel, I would
1: run like two, maybe three Genesis
0: Ultimatum. That way, if you miss on Aetherworks Marvel, you hit Genesis Ultimatum a lot of times too. You're like, let's spin it again. <laughs> <laughs> and then you don't hit again. You're
1: like, uh We go from the one the one spin into the super spin. Yeah. oh and that spin then hits another marvel and then you legend rule the old marvel and you get some energy again because a permanent left the battlefield and then you activate your new marvel and you just keep going you just keep spinning the slot machine
0: <laughs> and then you hit ultimatum again
1: <laughs> at that point you should probably put a fastest oracle in your deck in case you hit it last
0: <laughs> do you think this deck can stick around um, we saw it like initially at first right after the bannings and then instantly fell off and we haven't seen it since and this is actually one of the first times we've seen it again
1: it went 3-3. Th- and three. I think so. what we just described with Genesis Ultimatum is kind of the problem with this deck. And it's the reason why this deck occasionally shows up. Because sometimes you spin the wheel and you hit a lot. And then the deck does very well. And sometimes you go to a tournament and your first four spins miss and you lose your first two matches and you drop. And then people don't hear of you again. So that's kind of the problem with this deck. It's It does some powerful things. But my problem always with it is, is that even when you're, like, spinning your wheels, your hits aren't that good. Like, I'm not saying that hitting, like, a Kenrith, an Omnath, and an Ugin isn't good. It obviously is. But that is, like, your best-case scenario. And generally, you're going to, like, hit, like... I mean, on average... Let's see, so you've got what I would consider actual hits is four Omnath, one Golos, one Kenrith one Ugin, and four Felidar retreats. So there's 11 hits in your deck, which means if you go five deep, you're probably gonna hit one. Like, it's sort of like the average outcome is hitting... I think the average probably means you're hitting like 0.95 hits or something. So it just... I feel like it just doesn't... It's just not that good, right? Why would I spin the wheel... When instead, I can play to Delight, which is a tutor, and then find Niv-Mizzet, which is a guaranteed hit. And I'm doing it for five mana instead of seven, and I don't have to build my entire deck around casting a card that's green, green, blue, 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 red, red. That's kind of my problem with it. Let me
0: present this to you, though, Alex. What do you think about this version of Omnath that we saw?
1: Brad's sending me his abomination.
0: Oh, very. Uh... No, no, it's not mine. It's not mine. It's, it's just we saw this, and it, this is a... Taking a thing out of standard, basically.
1: I mean, this is just for the people who obviously... Well, for everyone, because you can't see this. This is uh, really just teamer Adventures. With Omnath in it. With Escape from the Wild. Elrond's Epiphany. Lucky Clover. Shodern of the Skull. I mean, this is just this is just a really good standard deck. Like, this is probably okay. But you're playing a deck that's, like, super reliant on Edgewall Ink... Well, which has, like, its nut draw with Edgewall Inkkeeper. And you're playing it in a format with Fatal Push. So, I don't know. This is... It's fine. Not super excited, but it's not terrible either. Ooh, real quick. Give me the over-under
0: on uh, the likelihood of us getting adventure
1: in D&D. I think under. I think it's unlikely. It would make sense. I think we want to... No, I think it actually doesn't make sense. Because I know adventures are obviously a very big part of D&D. But it's also like d and is definitely the thing where you go on the adventure and in Eldraine, you send other people to have fun on adventures while you waited for them to come back, which doesn't feel very d hmm. Also, I feel like, adv- I mean, you can always put in a couple, but generally they don't do things like add three adventure cards so you'd have to make it like a reasonably sized part of the set and i feel like there's too much to cram into D already that you would want to be doing and i think there was like a tea was it just a teaser which with a card that just had the text like enter the dungeon huh. they only spelled like half a card it was on the the commander's quarters i don't know if he was just messing with everybody or if that was an actual teaser uh but i just i would be very surprised to see adventures but i, I, I guess it kind of makes sense just feels a little bit lazy
0: I mean, they're probably going to bring back Party, and that kind of feels lazy in the sense of bringing back old standard sets from a year prior.
1: I mean, but Party would actually be in the same standard for a long time. Yeah. With um, with the other Party cards. It would actually be part of the same rotation. Um, So in that way, it makes it... It would
0: be like uh, the Dinosaurs from a couple years ago. How we get like, that last hoorah with dinosaurs?
1: No, this is in for longer. No, 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 I know. Right, if we get adventures in D&D, we still get, until that rotation, and then a full year of having both, where the whole dinosaurs-vampires thing was, they were released, and, like, three months later, the rest of the support was going to rotate. So you do get, like, a solid year of year, year, and, like, four months or something... Of playing with your uh party cards and honestly there were really really good party cards in zendikar just very shitty ways to actually assemble your party so if we just get better party enablers in DD, we've got the payoffs i feel like cards like covetous prize are super good i feel like linvala is a really good card uh, Arch... Is it like Archpriest of Ameria or something? Which is like the 1-mana 5-2 if you... 1-mana 4-2 if you've got a full party. Like, there's really good payoffs. Just no way to set it up aside from like that three 2-mana 3-2 that's basically a changeling. You need a card that is like... I mean, this would probably be crazy. Like, a cleric that summons like a warrior and a wizard token. Like, you need something like that to enable your party cards.
0: A 5-mana uh, sorcery. You may search your deck for one of each party. We convert a mana cost three or less. Put onto the
1: battlefield. Oh, battlefield, of course. Five mana to tutor for mm-hmm. twelve power worth of stuff. Yep, that seems fair to me. I'm gonna tutor up. Hmm, reflector mage. Uh, <laughs> that's a good start. To like reflect. I don't know what other cards. I don't know creature types from the top of my head. Reflector mage is a wizard. that it I don't is. know what warrior you're pulling up. Uh, pulling up like um rogue refiner, um stuff. Pull up some changelings from uh um uh, from Kaldheim. Does changeling work? Yeah, changelings are every creature type uh, in every zone, I believe. Oh, so. okay. I didn't know if it was like in the library it was too. If it says search a library for a warrior, you'd be able to play that. I believe you can. I mean apparently that Planeswalker one, which just has this the text on it that it's a creature, even works outside the game. So like magic just transcends like the game now. And like when you go around, Brad, you go and do your do your groceries at the supermarket, the rule still applies that that planeswalker is a creature. You're not even playing the game, but the rule is still like active.
0: God, I love that card so fucking much. I that's if there's any card in Modern Horizons 2 that I want Pioneer, it's it's Grist. It's so cool.
1: You can hit it with Coco! You can hit it with Coco! Brad's excited, evidently. Very, very. Um finishing off the rest of the challenge. Twenty seventh, is it Phoenix? Uh, we've seen this list before, uh, obviously. Uh, running one copy of pieces of the puzzle. Uh, these lists are just always so weird. In the sense that, like, these random, like, one-offs show up. I was like, yeah, well, I can draw into it. Because, <laughs> yeah, of course you can. You're Phoenix.
0: I mean, yeah, you definitely can.
1: Um, Junt Food, 28th. Lotus Combo, again, the, uh, this is not the ultimate one, which I guess is why it's the lowest finish. I know, <laughs> but... Um this just goes into like masterminds acquisition, peer into the abyss, uh Fay of Wishes stuff. This one feels very traditional. Um not sure what else to say about it. Dex me right. Mm-hmm. Then in 30th, we've got a spicy one. We've got Is it Dragons? So featuring four gold dragon, three nif misses Perun, and a payoff of three whole Cinemagarskorn. Which is basically build your own counterspell. It's blue-blue instant, counter-target spell unless its controller pays one, but if you've revealed a dragon card or control a dragon as you cast this, it's just straight-up counterspell. And aside from that, it does some niv things, so it's got like a Valakut Awakening, which is really cute with Nif it Bunch of random one-offs, try and get them with the one-off sensor. That one's weird. Oh, this deck seems all right. It went 3-3. This deck's fun, right? If you like... I think it's a really cool deck. It runs the one-off Ugin, which some control decks tend to do. It's like, yeah, I'll probably get the 8 mana. I'll just put an Ugin in my deck.
0: Yeah. It's like the big red deck we
1: used to see. Well, that was the huge red. That actually tried to go into Ugin with Ironcrack Feet. It's um, too bad, but nice for everyone else that Ironcrack Feet just gives you straight-up red mana, so you can play a turn 4 and if miss it with it.
0: So that tweet I put out, the one that I was saying I was so tired, of people had never played the format shit over Pioneer. Let me let me find it. Let me find it because there's a reply that made me laugh. I, I, if they were being serious, it's even better. But I think they were being uh, satirical. Someone replied, "The format was good until they banned all the good decks to make Chonky Red a tier one deck. It's been fun about five times, and each time they banned all the fun decks and left us with shit like Lotus Field now and stupid Lurist decks." Oh, they're being serious. <laughs> I think they're being serious because the, the 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 first part makes me feel like it's a meme. The second part, I'm like, oh shit, they're mentioning real decks which could actually be a, a reason to complain. But the fact that they said Chonky Red, a tier one deck, that's hilarious. Absolutely hysterical.
1: Been a while. Man. I mean, that was really just pre-Therals. That's saying like, Magic was better pre-Therals and to a large extent, you're probably right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, then I'll see there any...
1: Yeah, it is. Magic's still good.
0: Um several challenges not firing blah 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 yeah i don't think there's really anything else that's really funny that was the only one that was really funny there were some people like but pioneer is trash pepe laugh and i'm like did you just type out pepe laugh you fucking
1: troglodyte the fuck <laughs> i mean i've seen people like unironically use kek w in real life if something happens they're like kek w and i'm like what <laughs> twit just like how the magic rules transcend twitch uh transcend magic the twitch memes are transcending twitch twitch is cancer
0: and i I love twitch
1: which is a bad thing
0: fucking oh my god if you want people to really hate pioneer let's just print uh the 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 slippery boggle
1: into the format no go away brad i don't want to hear it or us we've already got one boggle
0: yeah but it doesn't see play
1: no because it's only one (laughs) The moment it becomes 8, so we've got 8 copies instead of 4. It's time for Boggles. And I know uh, Sean, our Niv player is going to be very happy about that because he's a modern Boggles player because he just makes sure everyone loves him. right? He plays Niv in Pioneer, the beloved deck, and then it's like, you know, actually can you imagine you play against him and you're like frustrated playing against Niv and he's like yeah, I've got a modern deck too. It's like, yeah, cool, let's play some modern. Then he goes turn 1, land Boggle and you're like, come on! (laughs) That's when you're... Anyway, rounding off the challenge, two decks to go. It is Burn, which we've seen, and junk Food, which we have seen. So that rounds off the challenge, 32 decks. Yeah. Yeah, we got all the decks.
0: I mean, the challenge looks... Look, Pioneer looks healthy. Um, We're in the slow spot of Pioneer because the summer is typically slower because, um, well, it feels slower. We have Strixhaven that came out about a month ago. Uh we'll have D&D in another month. And then at, if if D&D doesn't do anything to shake up Pioneer a lot, then we're in for a long like heading into winter until like the the fall set. Which the double the double fall set yeah is going to be lit. Which uh for those of you who don't know um just to confirm that the uh there is no extra set this year. Um, the so the Innistrad. I don't know which one comes up comes out first. If it's vampires or werewolves, but whichever one comes first is the last set of 2021, and the second set which comes out. Oh no, they come out at the exact same time, right? Yeah, they do. Do so they drop at the exact same time? Okay, so one of those sets is technically taking the spot of the january 2022
1: set so we will not be getting a january 22. wait so we're just gonna have so we're just gonna have a really long time between two set releases
0: yeah we're, we're basically getting our 2022
1: set early uh with a double set that seems unbelievably pointless right unless they're tying it to something like hey are they going to use the dime time downtime to actually get us pioneer on arena no they won't but maybe they do and it'd be exciting I mean, it kind of, and now that I think about it, they
0: could have just done Guilds of Ravnica, like just like tra- traditional blocks. Like you have the vampire one come out in the fall, and the werewolf one, you're still an Innistrad come out in the,
1: in January. Like yeah, it does. It doesn't really make sense to release them at the same time. If you then don't release a set afterwards, I don't know. Hey, that gives us plenty of time to explore both sets during all the downtime. I mean. Maybe it's just, maybe it's an experiment. Maybe they're like what if we do like fewer releases a year but we make them larger? Because maybe that like adds more cards, maybe makes the time that it takes to figure it out. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're just trying something, right? Maybe they're messing with us and they're trying to wrap it in a nice package.
0: Do you think next year's core set we're going to get a um an actual core set or is it going to be another like flavored core set like the D&D thing taking the core set's place this year? I
1: hope we get a core set. And I think that's something we we could talk a little bit about. um, We could start talking about Modern Horizons too, because we talked about the challenge. Actually, uh, maybe we'll get to it later. I do want to touch a little bit on... um, Screw it. I'll do it right now. Uh, A deck that didn't show up in the challenge, and that I've been playing a little bit. I've played a couple matches, like two or three, so not too much, is I picked up the Ors of Humans list um, that has recently been popping up with Luris and Mutavolt, Silvercrawl, Silencer. And maybe I've been unlucky in my first couple of draws, but man, I have not been liking this deck. And the main thing about it is, I have not liked Mutavolt at all. Like, I have either had to ship hands, because Mutavolt bricked them, because I I would have like... Even though I only run three, I actually went for a list with fewer Mutavolts. I run three, and I just constantly have hands that have like five one-mana spells a Concealed Courtyard and a Mutavolt. And it's like, now instead of playing my entire handout on turn three, and maybe if I draw a land, even then swing with a Mutavolt, it takes me till, well, I, no, then I wouldn't have the Mutavolt. But like, if I have two Concealed Courtyard there, I could play my whole handout by about turn three. And now it's going to be by turn five. Because I've got this mutivolt just doing nothing. And that really annoyed me. And silver Quill Silencer, I played it. I named the card. It was a pretty obvious name. I played against Phoenix. They had a stocked graveyard, and I named Treasure Cruise. But then they just used one of their bazillion different cards that also deal two damage or three damage to creatures, and then they cast Treasure Cruise. I'm like, wow, this card did actual nothing. They took three, though. No. way well, they didn't? No, because no, because they killed it first, and then they cast Treasure Cruise. The only card that wasn't in the original version, and I have actually been impressed with the Kites of Freebooter, because it actually gets rid of the card so for the time being so then i could actually take the removal spell that was supposed to kill it instead of having to guess which one of the five they're going to play and then i actually had applied pressure because i could see their hand and i had information and i knew what to play around so that card was actually impressive i like that a lot the rest i just really felt like playing the old version i even put in one Kithian because the lists i found generally didn't run Kithian, which i feel like is maybe the best one mana to one that this deck can run. So i am just been really confused by this list. And honestly, I'll give it a couple of more games before I start changing it, but I might just turn it back in the old version, right? Maybe keep the freebooter, but get rid of the of old. Card sucks. Uh, it's way too clunky. You're not there to grind people out because you're playing a bunch of one-drops. More Kithians. Maybe even ditch Lurus and go back into Venerated Loxodon just to have, like, actual nut draws. Uh, I missed Brave the Elements a lot. Um which I thought was a very good card. So, yeah, haven't haven't been super impressed.
0: I don't play humans, so... Wouldn't know.
1: It did win our NA um, event last week on the server. Hmm. Was so that ran, that list ran Luminarch Esperant, which I have talked about when Zendikar came out. I also don't like that card.
0: <laughs> I like that card a lot. I like it in absence scale. I won and, uh...
1: my humans to cost... I want my humans to cost one mana and have two power. I'm a simple man. I see one mana, two one. I like. <laughs> I I would like to try. Did actually like the Bloodsoak
0: champion. How much are is scales right now? Is it, has it gone down in price? Because it's just not a not a card that's played at all anymore. Because like Abzan scales is intriguing to me.
1: Nice how that deck got shut down in modern and then got shut down in Pioneer. It's like no no no, you cannot play your scales anywhere. Go away. It is still a $7 card. <clears throat> That's what you get.
0: It has five. It has five fucking. Has five oh no. I'm sorry. It has four printings. Four printings. Really? Yeah. It has Cons of Tarkir. I thought it was just Khans. Commander 2016. It's in the promo packs for Icoria. And it's in the Commander Anthology Volume 2. And also has the pre release, of course. So technically five, but it has four printings. Interesting. Still a $7 card. They're all $7. It's insane uh
1: but moving on then to sets where we can reprint things well not for pioneer generally um i don't know if there's actually any card in modern horizons that's printed that is also actually if they reprint reign of revelation but obviously the big news in magic for the past week or two is the spoiler season of modern horizons 2 um obviously we usually talk about pioneer but we don't have that much else to talk about, and we do want to touch on, like, how do we feel about this set? Because even though it's going to be a ways away, right? I wouldn't expect this next year or something. It's going to be a couple of years. This is probably in Pioneer's future. I can't imagine that we never get a Pioneer Masters. Uh, Pioneer Horizons, excuse me. I hope we get Pioneer Masters so we can actually reprint valuable cards. But... Do you think they would call it Pioneer Horizons? Do you think they would come up with a different name? I'm not sure... What would you name it? I mean, I would probably name it Pioneer Horizons because people know what to expect. But Wizards has a knack for giving things weird names. Like, I think if you to- if you ask a Wizards employee what an etch foil is, you can ask it to five different employees and you'll get five different answers. So Wizards is very good at either giving different things the same name or giving the same thing different names. But I would name it Pioneer Horizons because it makes the most sense.
0: They can name it Pioneer Perspectives.
1: Pioneer Perspectives, yes. That would be cool. Um, and we get to announce it because, you know, we're just that well-known. Um, <laughs> anyway, the set's obviously very interesting. And a lot of people have talked about it saying that it is the, the best magic set of all time, potentially. Um, now, I feel like I'm one of the few people that after seeing... Because we, we've been asked about this before. Do you want to see Pioneer Horizons? When do you expect to see Pioneer Horizons? How would you want it? And I've always been against the concept of Horizon set. I think it kind of goes against the way in which a format evolves. Because I don't like this injection that like, because Modern Horizons, we've seen it so far, especially Modern Horizons 2, this set is so chuck full of power that this is effectively like Modern just got a rotation. Which I don't like of my non-rotating formats, because it's in the name they are non-rotating and then they suddenly print a set that gives us like 70 staples and now we suddenly have an entirely different format so i've been one of the few people that looks at modern horizons and it actually makes me want it less like modern horizons 1 i was like no no, no let's not do that hogak urza renin 6 astrolabe uh, ephemerate like don't give me any of this please I actually want it less now. But that is speaking from a Pioneer perspective. <laughs> that was actually unintended. If I was a modern player, given the fact that, like, yeah, this is going to happen, Modern Horizons, I still wouldn't want to. But now that it is happening, this is much better than Modern Horizons 1, I would assume.
0: Yeah, there's no Hogak or Red 6 that I've seen yet. Like, there's no card where I'm like, oh my God.
1: So, it's still going to be like a rotation. Yeah, it's still going to be like a rotation, but now the format might actually be playable in the first three months. So, that's nice. You actually get to enjoy your summer playing Magic rather than suffering through it. You know what I find funny is how, like,
0: this always happens, right? And this kind of happened with, like, Call uh, Time. What was the first spoiler of Call Time, Alex? What was the very first one.
1: I have no idea. Was it Valky?
0: No, Show Showdown of the Skulls. Oh yeah. What well, what was the first spoiler of uh, Modern Horizons 2?
1: Um I can give you that answer in approximately. Nope, f- nope. Off your head. Two seconds. No, I have no idea. Off your head. I have honestly no. Counterspell. Was it the Rashad and Port thing?
0: It was counterspell. Oh, counterspell. See how we've already forgotten the counterspells in Modern again? <laughs> or not again, but finally. Like the these sets and like the I find it so funny how wizards like now I'm not comparing Showdown of the Colds to Counterspell. I'm just saying that like it's so easy to forget about the first uh spoiler. And especially it's funny because the first spoiler was Counterspell and everyone's like, fuck, no. People freaked out that Counterspell was gonna be in Modern because that's like blasphemy or whatever. I don't, I don't give gives a shit. It's it's legacy light now. It's it's that was the intention. And No,
1: I I I I actually saw a video I, I first thought that too, but I don't play a lot of I don't really play modern right I haven't I've stopped playing modern on the twenty first of October 2019 because a certain format was announced and then I just dropped Modern. Um and people kept saying like yeah it's like legacy light and I kinda bought into that but today I watched Pleasant Kenobi had a video on it like is it legacy light?
0: I watched it too. Uh
1: sorry for the spoiler uh Kenobi in case people now don't watch it but he said no it's not legacy light because there's some very fundamental things That legacy has that Modern still will not and probably never will. So I would if you still in the camp of like, is this Legacy light? I would watch that video. He's he makes a very good argument. From someone who plays both formats a lot, instead of me, who hasn't played Modern in two years and has never played a game of Legacy.
0: No, so he and he mentioned things like um like mana uh interaction, um, like Rashad Port, Wasteland. Um as being reasons is why it's not a legacy light. Cause that's a very big thing. Legacy of interaction of that. And like the fast man, where we don't have that in modern. Um, but what I say legacy light, I mean, in terms of like the actual structure of like the, the, not the design, but the philosophy of the format moving forward. Um, and this just, I mean, it, it goes back to like, well, we had this conversation a week ago, I think. Um, where I was talking about, like, we had this conversation about how you don't like uh, Modern Horizon sets. Um, oh, here I actually have the I have the actual thing. So uh, I said for people complaining about Modern Horizon sets, what they mean for Magic and what they mean for an inevitable inevitable Pioneer Horizon set in the future. I have a wonderful thread. Uh, modern is quite literally a modern legacy in the sense that it's become a format. ...that can be juiced up in power level now that there is a format above it... ...that is allowed to slowly grow and mold into the new extension of Standard. So I don't mean Modern as Legacy is like it is a small version of Legacy. I mean it's literally a modern version of Legacy. Not Modern the format, but a Modern Day of Magic versions of Legacy. Legacy has every black-bordered card uh, shoehorned into the format... ...so I don't mind seeing uh, that Modern taking that form in a sense of things like Modern Horizons 1 and 2... ...going straight into the format because Modern no longer serves the original role of the format that was intended, because that's exactly why WotC made Pioneer. The whole argument against Modern Horizon sets for Modern feels like Old Man Yells at Cloud argument. Modern Horizon is evolving because Magic is evolving. We joke about Pioneer Horizons, uh, but realistically that won't happen until further on into its life as we approach the need for another set to serve out as the extension of Standard. So as much as the thought of our favorite format becoming like Modern is scary... We have to acknowledge that is it is an inevitability, just like one that's really far off. Um, Yeah, I just basically like when it comes to like pioneer horizons and the future of magic in that regards, it's something that's going to happen. But when it does happen, there will be another pioneer being curated in the background or even already announced by the time that happens, because it's the way magic is and it has to happen.
1: Yes, yeah, I agree with that, and it plays into the thing right where the sort of next format you could go into when you played standard and you want to do something else, your next one-for-one format was modern. And the whole idea of, yeah, take your old standard deck and go into modern has just been a lie for years. Like, it is just, it makes no sense. Taking your old standard deck, especially from the past couple of years, but I think even in the future when we see rotation and we just have Strixhaven, Caldheim, the more toned-down standard sets... I definitely feel like taking your old standard deck and going into Pioneer is more realistic. Right? Your creature deck, I mean, we I've, I talked about this last week, I've said this plenty of times before, take your average creature deck, add four Coco and it's probably a decent deck. Right? And that's the type of thing you can do in the future with um, Pioneer and standard, where you go with your old standard deck, you add the staples. Right? You're playing a black deck, you add Fatal Pustazis. You're playing a green low to the ground creature deck you add collected company right you do those things and add like eight or 12 cards to your list and it now works in pioneer and i feel like that is true you're obviously still not going to be optimal but you're going to be able to play to go to an fnm or to just keep playing your favorite deck after it rotated which is actually something very valuable because sometimes people can get very attached to decks and then they rotate I i had this when Guilds of Ravnica came out and I lost 7-mana uh, Nicol Bolas, Torrential Gearhawk, Glimmer of Genius, all those cards. And I just really didn't enjoy the game as much afterwards because I just loved that deck. And having a place to take that deck is really cool. And Pioneer does that, and Modern obviously doesn't. So I think in that way, uh, Pioneer does actually have a good spot in in Magic, And that's why I also don't really fear for the future of the format, because I feel like this is a very valued spot. And Modern, to an extent, Modern Horizons kind of solidifies Pioneer's position. Because the jump from Standard to Modern is ridiculous now, right? Aside from, like, the band-worthy, stupid, overpowered cards or the borderline band-worthy, nothing from Standard is going to make it in Modern now. Unless there is some crazy synergy, like people now are brewing up like um, Rakdos Death Shadow with Flame Rift and Scourge of the Skyclave, because Flame Rift into Scourge means it's guaranteed to be at least a four-four, probably larger. And unless you get those like backwards synergies, your standard cards are going to flow into Pioneer now. And if you want to go beyond Pioneer into Modern, you just have to like throw your old cards in a bin and start a new.
0: It's it's quite literally. And for, good, for a good thing. This is a good thing. Um, but it is night and day as far, as far as the formats go.
1: Yeah. Now, I've been very negative about uh, Pioneer Horizons. Uh, Modern Horizons, definitely. And the future of Pioneer Horizons. Now, I want to talk about what I absolutely love about this set. And what I really miss. And I th- a thing that I miss for um, Pioneer. And... The, it's just the freedom that the card designer gets, especially to play around with old mechanics, old tribes, old synergies and I don't mind I mean the, sh- the reprints are fine, but I just love that they get to play they have like this playground right? I'll I have mystical uh, mythic spoilers open and in the first eight cards it's just random like this is most recently spoiled the first eight. I see a card with Devour, a card with Third Spellcast Synergy, a card with Echo, a card with Affinity, a card with Converge, a card with Reinforce, and a card with Modular. And I love that about this set, that they can just do anything in terms of card design. And I understand that generally core sets are the type of sets where they don't They tend to not do that because they're supposed to be simpler sets because they're, like, entry points for people. I think that's nonsense anyway. Um, You don't draw people to... uh, Oh, and also a thing to quickly add to this. That also means Modern Horizons can be totally out of whack with theme, right? We've seen cards on Ravnica. We've seen cards on Zendikar, I think, on... um, what is the other one? Uh, like, Esper Sentinel is in shards, and the shards aren't even there anymore, right? Uh, canonically, Esper doesn't exist anymore. And now they gave you an Esper card. And this is the thing they did in the core set with Nicol Bolas, where they kind of went all over the place, because it followed the story of Nicol Bolas, who had been everywhere, basically. And I don't think you buy new players with a set that is thematically as loose as core sets are really you get them in with hey you like Harry Potter look Strixhaven you like fairy tales look Eldrain. you like Norse things and big bearded men with axes here's Kaldheim and I feel like that gets people in I wish they took this maybe not this level of liberty because it's a little off the wall to an extent, this level of liberty when designing core sets. Like, yeah, let's give them three cards with Echo. Why not? Right? Give them a cool Echo card. Give them some modular cards. Right? Oh, you've got this um, plus one plus one synergy going on in standard. Here's two cards with Outlaw. Because Outlaw works well with 1-1 counters. I really wish they would do that often. I love that about... Uh, modern horizons every time you get a spoiler it could just give support to a deck you would never expect to get support for because they just felt like putting this one card in
0: though i do feel so bad for uh kai's and diego over and pondering popper because uh yeah this is ridiculous
1: like some, like the i haven't actually paid attention to one to some of the comments but i'm sure it's mad
0: uh, the uh, the 10 psycho artifact lands that are indestructible, that's a thing. Are they co- <laughs> oh, they're commons. They're commons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel horrible for Popper because Popper is essentially getting flipped over on its head.
1: Lose focus is also a common. Like the mana leak with Replicate. Well, the Quench with Replicate, which is actually a really good card. Um, There's also uh,
0: Bone Shards.
1: I feel like that card could be sneaky better than Counterspell.
0: They also have they also have new Storm cards. They have the Chittering Storm whatever that makes a 1-1 squirrel with Storm.
1: That's a common. Is that a common? But Empty the Warrens isn't, right?
0: Mm, I don't think so.
1: I think that is a rare. So now you have like an Empty the Warrens style. That is really scary for a format that has um, the likes of Dark Ritual and that sort of thing.
0: Oh, abundant harvest is also a common, by the way, the one that was in um, uh, the uh, historic thing.
1: Oh, the mystical archives, yeah, they get a lot. Uh, but again, like I, I, I like the design liberty that they have here. Like, hey, just to make like limited better, but these could even work outside of limited, maybe a little better. Here's um, here's five cards with basic land cycling. Right there is um, one of the first spoilers was like this white dragon that you could plain cycle but then eternalize it from the graveyard and it's like that is just you take plain cycling and eternalize which are two like mechanics that would usually take up what can be in a set right it'd be cycling and eternalize and that's now two out of your i don't know four or five mechanics that they put in a set so making this type of design is really difficult in a normal set because you need to have cycling there and you need to have Eternalize there. In a Modern Horizons 2, you could just do it, right? Uh, an intern had a, had a fun idea a while back of, like, a, just a quirky card. Yeah, I could put it in, but it doesn't fit with the theme. What theme? There's no theme, right? There's just cool cards. I wish we did that with corsets. right? I've, um, I've used it before when talking about the Fastlands, because the Fastland cycle that we're missing is t- very strongly tied to Mirrodin, also theme-wise, right? The, the Probably the most obvious one is Seachrome Coast, right? It is a coast with water that is actually liquid metal. Like, where on earth do you find that? Well, on earth you find it nowhere. But, like, wh- where do you actually encounter that? Well, nowhere, really. So, people don't said, like, yeah, so thematically, you have to wait till we go back to Mirrodin, which we might in the future, but we can't print them until we go to Mirrodin. Except you can do it in core sets. Because in core sets, you could just make up any old excuse, right? Today, we're following Karn. Oh, cool. Karn visited Mirrodin because he made the whole thing. Okay, cool. Here's the Fastland cycle. It makes sense now. Actually, a Karn core set would be really cool all colorless cards yeah Um <laughs> oh, be a disaster <laughs> imagine that limited format imagine that limited format sounds like a lot of fun everything's colorless <laughs> you don't have to consider colors you just pick the best card in every pack that's it no synergy doesn't matter how the cards mash just the card with the highest ratio of power and toughness to mana you just pick in every pack now I think we can talk about... Um, we talked about explore. Well, I talked about exploring interesting design cases with, like, mashing two things together. Now, I think I'll make you happy to just start talking about cards that just have completely off-the-wall design um, that also just are very sort of experimental with the main one being whatever the Planeswalker is that you love and I forgot the name of. Grist. So, Brad, what does Grist do? So, Grist, the,
0: hung- the Hunger Tide is a three-mana... Planeswalker. It's one, a black, and a green. And you get a legendary planeswalker, so it's a three loyalty. And it has a static ability. We love those in planeswalkers. Thanks for the spark. As long as Grist the Hunger Tide is not on the battlefield, it is a 1 1 insect creature in addition to its other types. Which means, by the way, he can be your commander.
1: Hooray! That has been confirmed. Um, Apparently. Even though I believe Gideon Blackblade couldn't be, and he says the exact same thing, so I guess Gideon can be now too. Well, it's not—it's
0: not a static though,
1: isn't it? Yeah, it's Gideon static, isn't it? I thought his plus one made him a creature. No, that's what most of the Gideons. But this is just plus one. And you give a keyword to a creature. No, as oh, this says as long as it's your turn. Ah, that's why. So I guess that's why it doesn't count because during deck building, it's not your turn. Yep, I guess.
0: Anyway, Grist has a plus one. Create a 1-1 black and green insect creature token, then mill a card. If an insect card was milled this way, put a loyalty counter on Grist and repeat this process. So if you mill another copy of Grist, for example, you mill again, add a counter to him. Cool. Minus two. You may sacrifice a creature. When you do, destroy target creature or planeswalker. Pretty cool. Um, And his minus five is each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. This is a really cool design. It is something you can hit with Coco. You can unearth it. You can, like, reanimate it, get it back. Um, it's such a unique avenue of looking at uh, Planeswalkers. Um, I love this card. Is it particularly good? Eh, uh, in modern, I don't feel like it is. Um, in But in modern... So, again, this is hard to evaluate. Because I'm evaluating this as a straight-up 3-3... Three, three, Right, a three mana uh three loyalty planeswalker, right? Based on all its loyalty. You also have to evaluate it as a creature with the aspect that you can reanimate it with on earth, you can cocoa into it, and things like that. So that could make this far better than I'm giving it credit for. Uh just because of like the other av- like just that's why charms are good, right? We've had this conversation before. Charms, when you look at their modes on their own. They aren't typically, like, super great for the mana cost. But when you look at how flexible they are in reality, they make them far better. This might be the case for Grist. A card I would love to see in Pioneer. A, a design aspect, or like that avenue, I'd love to see in Pioneer as well. Maybe not just Grist himself, but just this this idea. This is so cool. And the art, fantastic. Um, disappointed by the... Uh, I I did send this one to you before Alex but the full art the borderless makes me sad because the text blocks the best part of the the whole all the art you don't appreciate the entire art for Grist and the full art or or the borderless or whatever because like on the bottom it's like from a first person perspective of like a a man lying down looking up at this just abomination of like insects like devouring a uh, a carcass or whatever
1: it's a It's super cool. It's really gross, but I guess gross in a good way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you sent it to me. Yeah, it is actually like, yeah, the art's like proper first person perspective and you just don't see that. Yeah, it's amazing. Also, one card that I found very funny just because of a tweet I saw afterwards by Saffron Olive. Profane Tutor, sorcery, suspend one of the black. search your library for a card and put it into your hand and shuffle your library. So like this card basically announces to the rest of your table, kill me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it does. (laughs) <laughs> like in two turns, I'm gonna get a free man. I'm gonna get a quote-unquote free demonic tutor. Kill me, please. Um, yeah. So I've, I've, I don't have too much more to say about this because I, I don't. I'm not very bothered to go into specific card designs. Now, one nice thing about Modern Horizons, with again tying into core sets, is that I initially see some of these designs, and I get sad that they skip Pioneer um the merfolk god very quickly read it out uh sphielan of sea and sky by the way absolutely phenomenal set mckinnon art as always uh legendary creature murfolk god um i'll just say of sea and sky because i can't pronounce it first thing of sea and sky has indestructible as long as you control at least two other Murfolk uh when when it attacks you draw a card and other Murfolk you control have ward one so tying into a new mechanic too This is just a card where I'm like, man, I would so want to see this in in Pioneer. Um, The Grixis Planeswalker. Obviously, I would like to see the Grixis Planeswalker in Pioneer. Now, it's a little bit more difficult with cards that would serve as face cards. So Planeswalkers, to an extent, legendary creatures, but they're not as big of a deal. But this especially goes for the more sort of simple creatures, or standard cards. We have seen them put Modern Horizons cards actually in standard, through the core set. I believe they're done with more, but the main one is Reign of Revelation, which is just the 4 mana instant speed card, draw 3, discard 1. That was initially a Modern Horizons and was actually put in a core set. I think literally the core set after actually featured that card so really cool designs here that doesn't mean that they're sort of lost the pioneer they they can come back it's just it is somewhat more unlikely and you know we're sort of losing design space but then again it's design space as i talked about earlier that we probably couldn't have had or we wouldn't have had for a very long time like sure we now get like a card like rectal's headliner with Echo which is a a thing you can play around. Not that Echo is like the most interesting mechanic, but just as an example, um, it's probably going to be a while until we get Echo again, if ever. So it's not really design we're losing because it's design we're never going to get. But it's sort of this like, what could have been feeling that it gives me when I see some of these spoilers. It's like, oh, we we could have had this. And now it's actually much less likely because this design has now left someone's head And is now a Modern Horizons card. And couldn't have been slightly tweaked to be okay for Standard. And then actually get into Pioneer. Unless they're cards like uh, Reign of Revelation, which weren't super high value cards to begin with. But like your Esper Sentinel is probably never making its way into Standard. So sad. Which could have been maybe like a 2 mana 2-2 instead of a 1 mana 1-1 and obviously then its effect would actually be better because it's, you know, if your opponent plays their first known creature spell, um, you draw a card unless they pay two rather than one, but obviously being a woman at 1-1 that you can buff with things like Thalia's Lieutenant makes it better for modern, um, and now the design isn't tweaked to be fit for standard, which means it's less likely to enter Pioneer, and that's a shame.
0: I want Damn in Pioneer. That's such a cool card. Just double black, sorcery, destroy target creature... Creature destroyed this way cannot be regenerated. Has overload two double white, and you replace uh, instances of target with each. So it's just a four mana wrath, uh stabled onto a two mana removal.
1: That that is also that is also an interesting thing that um, modern horizons. And again, they can do this in core sets. Wizards, please don't be cowards. But they can take. they can design cards that could have never been in the original like design space damn could have never been in Ravnica because overload is an isn't mechanic so they couldn't have made thematically i mean again i think they could but they couldn't have quote-unquote couldn't have made an overload card that's orzhov because it wouldn't make sense because overload is the isn't mechanic even though this is a perfect design for overload
0: yeah and then you get a bunch of cool reprints um braids cabal minion abandoned commander right
1: isn't abandoned commander yes yes it so is. so if
0: you liked this card in commander and you've been holding on to your copy
1: never quite understood why i know the card is ob- the card is obnoxious as hell but like so are a lot of cards in commander yeah
0: well she's back in modern so have fun uh, a lot of enchantress stuff too got put out uh we have enchantress's presence a three mana uh two and a green enchantment whenever you cast an enchantment spell draw a card. Uh, also coming out is the uh, legendary creature, uh, Sithis, uh Hand of the Harvest. It's a 2-mana, green and a white, 1-2. Legendary enchantment creature. She's a nymph. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, gain a life draw a card. Um, that's really cool. So enchantress players are pretty happy. Uh, they also reprinted Shardless Agent into the format, which is just 3-mana, uh, 1, 2 2-2, cascade on a human rogue that was a legacy staple for a while and now
1: it's uh... it's going to be in that's going to be in value piles yeah um, Shardless Agent is a very valuey card where so to an extent that is actually a fun design because Cascade is generally done to do very unfair things uh, except for Bloodbraid Elf which actually does it to do fair things and Shardless Agent is generally also going to do it for fair things so that's actually pretty
0: cool yep uh, more enchantment stuff Sterling Grove green and a white enchantment other enchantments you control have Shroud that's super cool and you can pay one sacrifice Throwing grove search your library for an enchantment card reveal it and then shuffle and uh and put that live put that card on top of your library so yeah enchantress players so sir epic from the discord he will be very happy to play that in modern Um, we have cool stuff for storm there's strike it rich which is a one mana sorcery create a treasure token with flashback of three so a zero mana pump your storm by one sure that can get out of hand pretty quickly. Also with Bergy, that's probably really cool.
1: Um, we don't know if you'd want that in Storm, but it's probably pretty cool.
0: Uh, there's Ignoble Hierarch. Um, it's the opposite of Noble Hierarch. <laughs> it's a Goblin Shaman and an O-1 Exalted. It's the exact same thing, everything it has. It's a one mana O-1, except it taps for black, red, and green. It's the Junda Boy, and the flavor text is amazing. He protects the fetid bog from light, life in the hideous sound of laughter for those of you who don't know noble hierarchs uh, flavor text is she protects the sacred groves from blight drought and the unbeholden so goblin hate happiness fun <laughs>
1: <laughs> we goblin we don't do happy yeah
0: never um it, it's so cool uh, to see a lot of these cards. Um, oh, Patriarch's Bidding is a new one. That'll probably be in Golgari... Not Golgari, I'm sorry. Uh, Ractos Goblins. That's a reprint. Um, five mana, three and double black sorcery. Each player chooses a creature type. Each player returns all creature cards of a chosen type this way from their graveyard to the battlefield.
1: Nice. Actually, I'm surprised to also see, like, quite some synergy with food in this set. Oh, yeah. So that's definitely a, a type they're keeping around. Um... I do actually own a modern deck. I haven't played it in forever, but I might pick it up soon when we can play with people in person again because I have a lot of friends who play modern. And I own Elves, and they reprinted On Ranger. Now, that is like one of 17 cards that makes Legacy Elves amazing. So I don't think by itself it's going to do that much, but I am kind of happy to have it because it is a cool card. You can untap your Elvish Archdruid with it and have even nuttier turns, which is pretty cool.
0: It all the squirrel support.
1: And it does things with a Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, they... Uh, In case you want to break that card.
0: They uh, They just keep power creeping our colossal dreadmall boy. Have you seen Phantasmal dreadmall?
1: How dare they? How dare they? I mean, if they target it with a thing, it dies, which doesn't happen to the normal dreadmall. He's more durable than our four mana 6-6 six, six boy.
0: Uh, we also have Garth the one eye this is where we get into really crazy uh, types of uh, design space that we talked about it's Wooberg <laughs> so 5 mana 5 5 and legendary creature wizard well human wizard you can tap them, choose a card name that hasn't been chosen from among disenchant uh, I'm, everything's boring on me um, disenchant uh, brain geyser uh, terror shiv dragon regrowth and black lotus create a copy of the card with the chosen name and you may cast the copy
1: hilarious design brad what does brain geyser do i'd have to look it up top of my head it's x blue target player draws x cards am i correct oh x blue blue and the original printing at i think this is your first printing says target player must draw <laughs> x cards <laughs> Oh, nice! It's like the wording on Force of on uh, Ancestral Recall. It says "Force target player to draw three cards." You just pick up their deck, you take the top three of it, you just slam it down on their side of the table. It's like this is in your hand now. <laughs> I love old wording. It's so
0: funny. It's just clunky, super clunky.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, I see here: draw X cards or force opponent to draw X cards. I guess that's the first one. They were like, oh, Force is a little too hard. They must draw X cards. That's that's the printing after. Yeah, this is from Alpha with the... or Force opponent to draw X cards. Anyway, um... I don't have too much more to talk about when it comes to uh, Modern Horizons. I think we've... I mean, we we could sit there and talk about cards all day as we like talking about Magic, but for the sake of Pioneer and focusing on that format, there is not that much more here that interests me uh cards that could have been but again i don't want to dwell too long on what could have been um i don't know if there's anything else you want to add about modern horizons too and maybe like you know how does this make you feel about the eventual pioneer horizons or any other feelings you have on this set in regards to the pioneer format
0: um i just like the design space i, I think there's a lot of cool cards and i would love to have a bunch of them in the format i understand why we can't um, it just makes me hopeful for future Magic and what we end up making in the future, and what kind of cards we get. Just a really cool set. Um, I don't know if it's the greatest of all time, but it's 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 definitely one of the most unique of all time, and one of the most interesting of all time.
1: It it does sort of. I mean, we see plenty of cards to improve to prove this, but just it really proves the amount of creativity in the set design team. Because there are a lot of cards here, and how they interact with old mechanics, and with old cards, and all that all that jazz. There are just some super interesting, very clever designs here. And I really like that. It sort of, it, 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 In that way, it makes me hopeful. Like, man, the people who design this, if they want to, and please, if they playtest them, can design really fun and good cards. And in the, in the in the good sense, good. Not in the overpowered sense, good. But just good, solid design that we see here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Makes me happy. Sorry, did you say something, Brad? I just said, oh, definitely.
0: I agreed. Which, I mean, honestly, I think we could probably just make this a shorter episode.
1: Yeah, I think there's just going to have to be a short one in the end, because only one challenge to cover. I hope they fix Modo, and we actually... It, right we don't have challenges fire for two weeks and I said the crew three joke when they finally do and then this happens so we only have half the stuff to talk about like damn you wizards at least they fed the intern that puts the list online maybe that was it maybe they had to cut the power it's like you know we can only have one of two things we can either feed the intern or we can run modo. and they decided like you know what this time we're gonna switch moto off for a day and we're gonna feed the intern beautiful good for him or her or her or them yeah
0: all right that's gonna do it for us this week real quick reminders out the door we are the official podcast of the play with discord server we have mailbag questions that you can be featured on the cast if you go ahead and ask us through any means whether it's going to be on the discord itself in the pioneer perspective mailbag section you can also dm it to myself or alex through various social media
1: means speaking of social media alex you have one what's yours Yes, you can find me on Twitter at disciple of Bolas, where I will post sometimes post tech lists, retweet stuff, and occasionally complain about Magic related stuff. Because hey, I am a Magic player, so I am you know entitled to my seventeen thousand complaints a day, right?
0: Exactly. You can find
1: my uh, mine. Also, my revelation this morning. That the card Damnation exists. I mean, not Damnation, the card L- Languish exists, other form and a sweeper. I was like, oh, yes, I played this for three months and then I completely forgot it existed.
0: You just have so many uh, options at Black. You know, you're uh, too greedy. But you're going to find me at Brad
1: True. <laughs> I am a greedy magic player.
0: You can also find, uh, let's see, we have the Playaway Discord, uh, official Twitter at Come Play Away. We also have the podcast Twitter at Pyo Perspective. We have other podcasts. We are pioneer. We are the Pioneer Perspective, and we also have our sister podcast, Pondering Popper. Go check them out, Cali guys, Diego. They're great. We also have merch. There's Pyo Perspective Playmats through the uh, the links on Ink Gaming, but there's also Playaway ones too, which is pretty cool first link shows the artist page for those playmats the second link is just straight up our affiliate page if you like things you see on ink gaming in general doesn't have to be our stuff and you use that link that still helps us out and we appreciate it and that's it we love you we thank you for the support whether it's through reddit discord listening to the cast all that good stuff and we hope that you uh listen to us again next week bye-bye bye-bye everyone